Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Welcome to church. Last week, we kicked off a new series called Hope in the Dark, and it was such a challenging message for myself, and so many of you reached out and talked about how it impacted you. And it was a message that we talked about finding purpose in our pain, finding purpose in those challenging and those struggling seasons of our lives. And it just was so impactful for me to listen back on Sunday and just allow the Lord to speak to me again what He spoke to me throughout the week. If you miss it, you can catch it on all of the platforms. We're on Facebook, YouTube, or you can uh, head over to our podcast channel as well. But this week, in the second part of this series, we're going to be talking about finding why you live. And can we be honest? Man, that's a huge question. Finding why we exist, why we're here. Why do we have breath in our lungs? Like, Why are we still alive? Why are we on this planet? What are we supposed to do with our lives? And this is a question that we have to be able to find some answers to when we're walking through seasons that are dark and challenging and and the struggle is just real in our lives because we need something of value to hold on to. We need a why to wake up to in the morning, a purpose for us to hang on to. And honestly, this has been an age-old struggle from the beginning of time, people have wrestled with who am I, why am I here, and what am I supposed to do with my life? In fact, I heard a really cool story recently that I wanted to share with you. It's about a young man who was just struggling with the same thing, struggling with finding his purpose, struggling with who he was, what he was supposed to do with his life. And the story goes like this, this young man, frustrated, goes to the wise man in his village. And he just unloads on him. He says, I I am so confused. I'm so stressed out. I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. What, where's my purpose? What is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to do? And the wise man said, okay, follow me. So they traveled through the woods for a long way until they arrived at this river. And at the river, there were hundreds of prospectors digging in the the sand and the soot in the river, trying to find gold. And the young man was confused. He's like, what what are we doing here? And the wise man told him, he said, "There's, there's three different prospectors. The first one is the prospector who shows up and they strike early. They, they find gold almost immediately and they take it and they go back into the city and they trade in their gold and they live this comfortable, happy life and they just continue on with their lives. The second are those who saw the people strike gold early so they know there's gold in the river and and so they, they keep digging for days and weeks, months, some of them even years, panning through all the dirt, panning through all of the mud, trying to find the gold. And eventually they find gold. And they go on and they sell their gold and they live their lives as they always attended after all this hard work. But then there's a third group. The third group of prospectors are the ones who show up and they saw the gold being discovered and they work hard for some days, 
some weeks, maybe even some months, but eventually they get frustrated with the process and they give up and they walk away empty-handed. The young man said, I understand your illustration, but what does that have to do with my life? What does it have to do with me discovering my purpose? And the wise man said, it's exactly the same. For some people in their life, they're like the first prospectors. They, it's almost as if they were destined to discover their purpose from a very young age. And they find it and they hold on to it and they're passionate about it their whole lives and they move on through. And it's amazing to watch their lives. For others, discovering their purpose comes at a cost of them working hard for days and weeks and months and even years trying to discover it. But when they do discover it, they live this life passionate and excited about it. He said, the question is, are you like the third one? That you're the prospector, that you want to find purpose in life. You want to discover why you're here. But you give up because the, the process is just too much. You get fed up with trying to discover it. So you give up and you end up living this meaningless, wandering life frustrated because you don't have a why and you don't have a purpose, but not willing to keep digging in the dirt to find it. The young man said, well, can anyone discover their purpose? The wise man smiled and he said, is there gold in the river? The young man pushed back and he said, well, then how do I find it? And the wise man just simply said to him, you keep looking. And I love that story because it's so true for so many of us. Discovering our purpose for some people, it feels like it's immediate and they hold on to it and they, they just move on through life with this purpose. And, and you're almost jealous of like, how does that kid already have this together and they can see what they want to do and they, they have this drive in their life of purpose? How, how is that possible that they have that already? For some of you, you, you dug for years and years and, and worked through life obstacle after life obstacle to be able to discover your purpose. But once you found it, you held on to it. But for some of you, you feel like the third prospector where you tried for a while, but it just never felt like you were making any progress, that all you were doing was digging up mud and there was never an ounce of gold. So you give up. You gave up and you're frustrated with this existence. And the truth is that this pursuit of our why and our purpose is a lifelong endeavor. Because I feel like I, I've discovered my purpose. I've discovered my why. But every single day of my life, I am fighting to hang on to it, to hold on to it, to just continue to feel like I have my grasp around my why and my purpose. Because the truth is that we have an enemy of our soul, an enemy of our purpose, whose job is to kill, kill steal, and destroy, to, to pull us away from our purpose. And so every day of my life, even though I feel like I've discovered my why, I have to fight for it because everything in my life is trying to distract me, to pull me away, to undercut and go, well, no, that's not really your purpose. That's not really why you're here. 
Do you really believe in all that stuff? Do you really believe the words that you're saying? So I'd encourage you, even those of you who feel like you've discovered some measure of your purpose, you have to fight to hold on to it. I think that's why we have such a struggle when we, we, we walk through these challenging seasons. We walk through these seasons and, and we feel like if we don't have our purpose, then we don't have a whole lot to hold on to. But if we do have some semblance of it, it's still this struggle of, of why are we going through this? Like we, we should be able to be stronger than this. And I think a lot of times we think that that God is working on something in the background for us, that God is, he's preparing this perfect situation, this perfect breakthrough moment, this perfect bubble that we're gonna be able to like, once we get through this, we're gonna go into this little safe sanctuary of life and everything's gonna be all better and it's all gonna be fixed and, and God's just working on that and we just gotta get through so we can get to that point. And maybe he is, but what if, what if God is not working on something, but instead is working on someone? A someone being you, a someone being me. What if God is not trying to work in the background, getting this perfect opportunity, this perfect situation, this perfect job, this perfect life? What if God isn't working on that at all? What if God's actually just trying to work on you? I mean, think about it. What would make the most lasting impact in this world? Would it be for God to go ahead of you and prepare this perfect atmosphere, this perfect room, this perfect opportunity for you to step into and just hope that you like you finally get there? Or what would be more lasting if God actually changed you and worked on you on the inside so that whatever situation you stepped into, whatever room, whatever opportunity, whatever job, whatever challenge, whatever pain, that when you stepped into it because of the work that he did inside of you, you begin to change the atmosphere rather than God trying to change the atmosphere and hope that you catch on. What if God isn't working on something, but he's working on someone? And for us to discover our purpose it's this endeavor of us understanding what God is actually trying to do in our lives. And for me, I'm incredibly passionate about people finding their purpose and of leaning into their potential. But I've seen some misconceptions over the years of, of what people and, and what I chase after so many times in trying to discover our why. And one of the, the things is that we, we falsely think that we're trying to discover our why in what we do. We're, we falsely think that, that what we're doing in our life is going to be where we discover our why. Like it's, it's wrapped up in our job, it's wrapped up in our title, it's wrapped up in our hobbies and our relationships. Like what we do with our life, that's what's gonna lead us to our why. And that's not actually true. And, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes because what happens is that we allow our jobs and our relationships, these pursuits of a title, we think that that's what's gonna be what helps us discover what we needed. But, but we've all gotten that promotion. We've all gotten that title. We've all gotten that rank. We've all gotten those things in our life where we thought if we could just do that, that job, that opportunity, like if we could just do that, then, then I'll have more purpose in my life. And 
and we're disappointed when we get there and it isn't what we thought. Another thing that we do is that we, we falsely think that our purpose and our why is found somewhere in the future. It's almost like if we, we think that if we're just running this race, we're just jumping these hurdles, we're going through these obstacles, and at some point we're just gonna like, we're gonna cross the line and we've arrived at our purpose. And we're frustrated because we get through some situations and we're like, well, what was that about? <laughs> what, what was the whole point of that? I, I still don't feel like I have any purpose in this. I still don't feel like I have a why. I actually think, and you got to bear with me because I have young daughters, but I feel like Olaf in Frozen 2, he, he describes it perfectly. You know, we, we, he was saying in the movie, this will all make sense when I get older. And we know that's not true, but somehow in our life, we kind of hang on to that true. That like, if we can just get through this, when I get older, when I get to a different point in life, then it'll all make sense. If I can get through my 20s, if I can get through my 30s, if I can get through my 40s, if I can get to where I'm, I'm retiring, like if I can just get to that finish line, then it'll all make sense. And we cross those finish lines and we're like, where, where's the purpose award? Where's the trophy with my purpose where it all makes sense now? And it doesn't actually work. The third one that we do is that we falsely think that our why is hidden in moments of greatness. We falsely feel like our why is gonna come when we, when we all of a sudden just have that great breakthrough, that final promotion, that, that opportunity to get to this certain moment in our life that's just great. The challenge for me that I've dealt with is, is from a, an early age, for whatever reason, I've had people who have said, we feel like God's gonna do something great in your life. And, and that's sweet and that's nice. And you think that's, you wanna be on the other side of that. But it's also very challenging because what I struggled with is I felt like if, if I didn't hurry up and get to those moments of greatness, then I wasn't gonna know really what my purpose is and that the only moments that matter are the great ones. Like the only, the one, the only moments that really have any value in my life are the ones where people go, wow, I can't believe you got to do that. And it's a struggle that I faced. Your purpose isn't found in those great moments. That's not how it works. So how does it work? How does it actually work for us? How do we, we actually discover our purpose? How do we, we do this? And I wanna share with you three things that I feel like are incredibly valuable to me. And there's so many that I'd love to share with you, but for time's sake, I'll share with you these three. And the first one is this, finding why you live is more about who you're becoming than about what you are doing. It's more about who you are becoming than it is about what you are doing. You and I, we get caught up in the doing part. Right? We, what, what can we put our hands on? What can we work at? It, like digging in the dirt. Okay, we, well, we can dig in the dirt. That makes sense. We're, we're trying to find gold in the river. Okay, I got you. We're all about the doing because it feels less feely, less emotional. It's, it's not mental. It's not heart. It's, not, it's like, what can I do? And the issue is that we allow what we do to try to determine who we are but it's the total 
opposite with God. He wants to work on who you are before you start to do anything else. We just get caught up in our actions. We're trying to fix our behaviors, but we're missing out on the heart and the root of what's going on. There's a, a romantic comedy that I remember watching that the girlfriend was saying, I want you to want to wash dishes. And the guy was like, why would I ever want to wash dishes? Like, why would I want to get off of work and go, you know what I want to do? I just can't wait to get home to wash dishes. And she's saying, she, she says to him, it's not about you wanting to wash the dishes. And he's like, wait, that's what you just said. And she said, I just want you to want to do something for me. And it's so perfectly articulated because what God is wanting to do, he's wanting to change our hearts. It's, it, he's not about, hey, I want you to behave the right way. I want to actually do the work on the inside of you for you to become the right kind of person. I love how, how Paul says it in Colossians 3, starting in verse 10. He says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. What, what this simply means is, is Paul is describing our, our beginning of a relationship with Jesus. Those of us who call ourselves Jesus followers, we believe that like our old self is gone, that we've actually be, begin, have been given a, a new identity. We're a new creation in this relationship with Jesus. And Paul is saying, put on this new nature, be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 11, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, if you're barbaric, uncivilized, if you're slave or free, and some of you are hearing your family, you're like, oh, okay, good, my barbaric family, I'm, I'm good. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that God gives us rule in your heart for as members of one body you're called to live in peace and always be thankful i love how paul challenges them to become merciful to become kind humble patient what he's talking about here it's a state of mind it's a position of our heart and you're like but but that's just feelings that's just emotions. He would say, no, he would correct us. He'd say, it's, no, it's not about emotions. It's about the position of your heart. Is your heart in a place that it is kind? Do you live this life focused on being a person who is kind and generous to others? Is your heart humble enough to care and be compassionate about other people? Are you humble enough to like drop your own agenda and allow God's to be at the forefront? Are you, are you willing to go, hey, I'm gonna wash the dishes, not because that's what's on my checklist to do, but I'm washing these dishes because I wanna serve you. And because I love you, I wanna serve you. 
It changes the whole direction of our life when it's not about us just doing the right things, but about us becoming the right people. You see, we, we can't behave our way to our purpose. We can't do the right actions and then all of a sudden just discover our purpose. It's about who we're becoming. It's about us allowing God to change who we are from the inside out. It's not the right job. It's not the right opportunity. It's not the right title. It's not the right behaviors. It's not about dropping this thing and, and trying to be better at this thing. It's about us allowing God to change who we're becoming. The second one, finding why you live is more about your faithfulness today than it is about your potential tomorrow. It's more about your faithfulness today than it is about who you potentially are gonna be in the future. And I don't know about you, but, but I find myself getting caught up in this where I love the idea of potential. I love the idea of, of like this future life that's coming that, that it's gonna all make sense and, and financially we're gonna be in a better place and, and life's just gonna make sense and we're gonna be able to do this and we're gonna be able to do that and, and I just can't wait for that. And, and God is totally about you making plans. He's totally about you having dreams of your future. It, it's not that he's against any of that. But what I struggled with is that I got so caught up in the potential that I ignored the present. I got so caught up in what I thought I needed to do in order to get to this place that I missed out what was happening right now. Proverbs 16 verse one says it this way. It says, go ahead and make all the plans you want, but it's the Lord who will ultimately direct your steps. We're all in love with our own opinions, convinced they're correct, but the Lord is in the midst of us testing and probing our every motive. Before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself, then every plan you make will succeed. I love these verses because it just reminds us that we may have our plans, we may have our agendas, we may have all of these things, but at the end of the day, God is checking our hearts and our motives and he's the one who is leading us. If we're, if we're trusting him as the leader of our life, we actually have to let him lead. And what I struggled with is that I was spending so much time working on who I was going to be in the future. I was literally reading books about positions I would have in, in ministry later in life. I was reading how this person did that and I was strategizing what I would do if I sat in that role, in that seat on the bus. Like if I got to do this, if I was this position, this is how I would live it. And I was literally spending time writing out plans for positions that I never even knew if I was gonna get. And God checked me. He checked me and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do, do you have responsibilities right now? Well, yeah. Are you putting this much energy and sweat and grind into right now? Well, no. Well, then stop it. <laughs> but some of you can relate. Some of you can, you can totally relate because you're, you're living your life thinking that your purpose is gonna be found in this next season. And your next purpose, your purpose in life is gonna be found in your retirement or this next job opportunity or this next station or this next city or, the, 
okay, if I could just get to this place, then all of a sudden, God's going, no, 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 wait a minute. It's more about your faithfulness today than it is about your potential in the future. What about today? The Lord checked my heart on this and he, and he challenged me to value the time that I have right now. That tomorrow, man, if there's ever been a more resounding symbol ringing in my ears is that tomorrow isn't promised. So it isn't that we don't plan. It, it, it isn't that we don't have purpose and, and hope for a future, but we can't be so caught up in that that we're not faithful today. Paul finishes this passage of scripture in Colossians that we've been reading. And he finishes it with a familiar verse in, in verse 17. And it says, and whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And the last thing that I wanted to share with you today is that the size of your assignment doesn't determine the significance of your impact. The size of your assignment right now doesn't determine the significance of your impact. Just because what you're doing right now feels insignificant doesn't mean that it cannot have this significant impact in your life. Can I be honest with you? There's been far more times of feeling insignificant in my life than there have been moments of feeling great. There's been far more grind than there's been shine. And if, if the only moments in my life that really mattered, if the only moments in my life that had significance are the great ones, there's only a, a handful of those moments that I can look back and go, that was just like an over the top moment of God. There are thousands of moments that could feel insignificant. But what I've learned about purpose is those thousands of insignificant moments have so much value and some of the greatest life-changing stories, life-altering moments, unbelievable revelation from the Lord have come from insignificant moments. But you and I, we get caught up in the greatness. You see, we don't need a better assignment you don't need a different marriage in order to find your purpose. You don't need a different set of friends, a different city, a different job, that, that opportunity where you finally get to stay home. You don't need all the cards on the table to line up perfectly for you to be able to find your purpose. You don't need all of those things to find your why. You don't need a great moment for God to help you discover why you're here. You see, God will take these insignificant moments, these moments where you feel overlooked, these moments where you feel like you don't have any value to anybody. God will take those small moments where we humble ourselves and go, God, I'm nothing without you. He will take those moments and he will do something miraculous. I love how Paul says it in, in 1 Corinthians 1, and we'll close with this passage of scripture. 
In verse 26, he says, Brothers and sisters, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Remember who you were. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when you answered God's call, but God chose those whom the world considered foolish to shame those who think they are wise. God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the high and the mighty. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, the nobodies, so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent so that there be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. I love verse 30. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God as we're being joined to Jesus. And now he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. Some of you need to hear that today. God isn't looking for some superhero in order for you to discover your purpose. God wants to take those of us who feel insignificant and broken and overlooked and abandoned and frustrated and exhausted and just overwhelmed by life. Those are the people that God sees so much potential in because he says those are the people who are willing to humble themselves before me so that they will drop their agenda and pick up mine and watch me do the miraculous in their life. And some of you need to hear that today, that God's not looking for you to have it all together. God's not looking for you to be perfect. God's not looking for you to step into this right, perfect moment. Then all of a sudden, poof, there's your purpose. There's your why. There's what you can hold on to. What God is saying is right now in this moment, you can be faithful in the little and I will trust you with the big. You can give me what you have now. You can stop pursuing, trying to behave the right way way and let me work on you becoming the right person. Us believing and trusting that God isn't working on this perfect situation for us to step into, but he's working on a flawed, imperfect person that he can use when we trust him. Finding our why when we need hope in the dark is not about having the answers. It's not about getting all the right behaviors. It's not getting the perfect situations. It's about us humbling ourselves, as, as Paul said, in taking on this, this garment of being kind and tenderhearted and being humble and being willing to trust the Lord to do what it is that he wants to do in our life. The question is, are you going to give up? Are you gonna stop digging in the river? Are you gonna stop digging through these situations, pushing through the struggle, pushing through the pain? Are you gonna give up and walk away from your purpose? Or are you gonna trust that the Lord is going to do something powerful in your life? Let's pray together. God, I love that story that we, we read earlier about the young man who is struggling with his purpose. And I love how the, the wise man responded to him when he asked, well, can anyone find their purpose? And he said, well, is there gold in the river? The answer is yes. 
God, there's purpose for our lives. The question is whether or not we're going to give up digging for it. So Lord, I pray today that you would just speak to us, that you would help us find our purpose, help, our fi- help us find our purpose in you and our relationship with you, that we drop our own agenda and we put our hope and we put our trust in you. God, for those who haven't made that decision, I pray that you would give them the courage today to surrender their life to you, to ask you to be the leader of their lives, to drop their own pursuit of what they thought life was supposed to be and to pick up what you promised us it could be in a relationship with you. God, help us find our purpose and our pain, but help us find our why and why we're living. Help us find the purpose and what we can do while there's breath in our lungs. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all of this in your strong name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.